0: Welcome to On the Agenda with C and Z. We're two best friends with the plans for bringing a little fun and adventure into every day. We're here to inspire your next activity. Let's chat about what's on the agenda today.
1: Welcome to another episode of On the Agenda with C and Z. Today's episode focuses on creativity in adulthood. We'll discuss why having a creative outlet can be very beneficial the importance of making time for play, and the creative pursuits that we've
0: been excited about. But before we dive in, let's kick it off with what went well this week. Heck yes. So what went well for you this week, Court? Well,
1: I would say that this week, I know we've been alluding to this pumpkin party (laughs) and pumpkin patch in our past episodes, but we finally had that this past weekend, and it was really nice. You know, I... It wasn't the big party that I've always had in the past. It was a much more intimate gathering. And I think that it worked out really well that way. Because I was yeah. able to talk to more people who were here. <laughs> I think it was I w- it was really nice too because we were able to mix in some different friend groups. Yeah. Um, and be able to just build those deeper connections with some of the p- folks that don't know each other. So hopefully, yeah. you know, there'll be some more um interconnectedness of friend groups uh <laughs> moving forward. So yeah, I, I thought that w- worked really well because I think if we were in a non-covid situation, I probably still would have had like a 20 plus person party and I don't think you get that um yeah, that feeling of connection as as much there. So yeah. I would say that was awesome. We got had some great Trader Joe's snacks, mm-hmm. some makeshift decorations, you know, <laughs> some dollar store, uh, some dollar store props going up, and it was a great time. So that that's my what went well this week. How
0: about you? Awesome. Um, well, I <laughs> I'd have to agree. <laughs> Um, I just had the best weekend with you. Uh, I was just really glad that we were able to maintain our tradition, keep the tradition alive, because mm-hmm. this is something we've been doing for years, yeah. while still keeping that small, tight group. And I, I really like what you said about, like, kind of diving deeper into those friendships. Yeah. Because I felt like I had a lot of really good quality conversation. And even though it was a small group, I mean, you know, there, peop- there's people I haven't seen in months. Absolutely. And so I felt like it was really, really awesome to get, um, just a little bit of that, uh, connectedness to other humans back for, a, for a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I, I would also say a key, I think lesson from our, uh, our small group is, uh, the, the common theme that everyone had is their, uh, love of true crime. So oh, yes. apparently when in doubt in a group of people just <laughs> ask who listens to, a
0: uh, true crime, crime oh, junkies, crime um, junkie, my um, what's your murder. favorite murder? Yeah. yeah exactly oh my gosh I, could, I could talk about all the Netflix documentaries oh my for gosh. literally hours everyone
1: had like some form of like connection to getting into it during quarantine already having loved it so yeah. that was just something kind of funny
0: that came out of nothing it nothing brings people together like murder <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, and, you know, I, d- I do want to say, too, like as a part of the party, people talked about the podcast. They did. And I just was so stoked to hear all of the constructive criticism, positive feedback. And now we're on all platforms. Yes. We are on every single platform. So I just could not be happier um, with, with Anchor's ability to distribute the pod for us and everything. So we're on everything, you guys. Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of podcasts places. Um, But yeah, painting pumpkins really got my creative juices flowing. Made me think a lot about creativity in adulthood and how therapeutic moments like that can be. I feel like, you know, we had a really chaotic week and past couple of months and it just kind of brought me back to some of the more carefree days of adolescence when I was younger (laughs) and just you know getting back into a little bit of crafting um and what like what were some of the things that that we did when we were younger court oh my gosh we I, I feel like our entire like middle school and high school
1: time was spent way more in like these creative areas like especially well when, when I say way more way more than we are now right um you know I think we've alluded to it again in a few other episodes but Zia and I both really love performing Um, and that's, that was a lot of our time, um, in our, in our youth. So whether we were both at a musical rehearsal together, uh, Zia practicing the violin, (laughs) doing all the, the awesome things that, that she does, um, that was just a really big part of our lives. But you know, before we dive into that, speaking of musicals, what was your favorite role Ooh, that we ever had? <laughs> um,
0: okay, so I felt, let's touch base on on some of the musicals that we did. Yeah, um, I did called the musical in middle mm-hmm. school, which was was so cute, so much fun. Um, Singing in the rain was really fun, and then our first musical together was *Schoolhouse Rock*. <laughs> and that it sounds so funny, but there, I I just have, was never a part of. And since a part of such a high energy cast, it was so much fun singing about verbs. Um, I just really, I thought it was really, really fun. Um, you know, I lost 15 pounds during that kidding. musical. Did no. you really?
1: I don't know if I ever even like mentioned that to you. But I, yeah. This is news. Mm-hmm. This that is was between news. junior and senior you're year. You're kidding. Yeah, I lost 15 pounds during the production of that musical because every day after school we were running around. I got chosen for the can-can line, which I never yes. thought oh, wait, I we would. we were stretching together. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like my kicks were ever going to be high enough to be on a can-can line, but sure enough... I, know, I thought you got them there. Yeah, and, yeah. like, so just working on, like, the dance and choreography every day, like, uh, yeah. It, it's cardio. It was cardio. we are
0: singing and doing cardio at the same time. It's hard, man. Yeah, so. It's... A- don't Musical ever come, don't ever come at me that <laughs> musicals
1: are way less difficult than sports.
0: <laughs> you guys do the can-can while singing an octave higher than your speaking voice. Oh Go my. ahead and do that and then come back to me. <laughs> I want to say really something really fu- funny about schoolhouse rock that my dad revealed oh. to Courtney just the other, the other week that I just, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Oh, please it. do. This is so, funny. So, so Court had this, this part where like we were all running around. We were literally like skedaddling and she did a move where she like slid, like she was like tripping, but it was like, it was all an act, but behind her, she slammed her hand against the flooring. And my parents, God bless them, so supportive, came to every every showing of every musical and my dad revealed to Courtney a couple of weeks ago <laughs> that he thought she was actually slipping because the sound that she made and like how she pulled it off was so realistic that she was, he, he was like, oh my God, Courtney He legitimately <laughs> thought I was like hitting my knee every That's good time. Acting. Like, in acting. That's good. That is called acting, everybody. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, God, I thought that was so funny. Um, and then we did Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I was Babette, the. Um, little feather duster situation. <laughs> she was so cute. And you were a princess. Pops. I know that was
1: definitely my favorite role that I've ever had in like our, I mean, you love a good Disney moment. Oh, like God. it's when we started to get to do those in uh, theater, that was the best uh but yeah mrs potts was definitely my favorite um if you're wondering how the teapot situation (laughs) went down i literally held my arm up like a spout for the two-hour show your shoulders were ripped Uh, i'm telling (laughs) you i know musicals got me into the best shape of my life so So, i think maybe i need to look into this again it's better
0: than a gym membership wow how else could i have pulled off that uh that leotard and schoolhouse rock um with leggings um and then uh, I, and then I did Aladdin, so you weren't able to do Aladdin, unfortunately, because you had graduated at that time, but I did Aladdin, I was Jasmine, and, um, I am still friends with my Aladdin to this day, yeah. so, you um, so much fun. If you, oh you know Zia in
1: person, then, like, or if you checked out our, our <laughs> Instagram, like, I, I'm sure you can picture her looking like Jasmine, <laughs> like, it, it was the perfect casting, and uh, beautiful. Our, our
0: Aladdin, Micah, did our artwork.
1: Yeah, actually true. for the
0: pod. So shout out to Micah. Absolutely.
1: Um, so those, yeah, like musicals were a big thing yeah. for us. And then we were also involved in speech and debate. Oh, yes, we
0: were. Okay. So speech and debate, you guys, we're, we're nerds. Um, it's, it's, a, it was actually so much fun. Um, yeah. so speech and debate are two different categories. So yeah. speech is competitive acting, Um, and debate is classically what you would think about as a debate, you get a topic and then you debate it, but speech with a competitive acting, there's all different types of, um, categories that you can do. So I did prose, which is a small black book, and it's a combination of comedy and drama um and Mm -hmm. you did drama and killed it straight up straight up drama straight up drama um and yeah so and we did a bunch of stuff together which was super fun but um and I I dabbled in debate I think a little bit more than you did Um, yeah debate was never my
1: thing I the whole (laughs) whole crossfire situation where you that you gave your point the other party gave their point Mm -hmm. but then you had like two minute just challenge each other and nitpick each other's arguments apart it was nothing like it
0: the pressure was not my favorite thing nothing like tearing people apart for me Um, that's the aries and pisces situation that's happening here (laughs) Um, but we we did we did that all four years of high school. It was a, another thing that that court got me into. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so I competed in pros, um, radio broadcasting, which to this day I actually just made a joke at work when I when I pick up the phone. I realize that I use a little bit of my radio broadcasting voice. Oh, absolutely. This is Mia from too. KMLX Radio. Like I dive into that when I'm trying to like appease pharmacy or something like that. Um, yeah. Um, but I think we had a lot of fun. With with speech and debate, and when
1: you talk about uh, a category like radio broadcasting and mm-hmm. being able to uh, convey your ideas in a concise amount of time, being able to speak very clearly, being able to uh, speak with energy and yes. excitement with people, these are all very transferable skills. You know, we both loved performing in high school and um, in college, and you know what, and in our careers now, you know, yeah. we pursued fields that are seemingly very unrelated to, um, (laughs) performing and the, and the things that we did when we were younger. But, you know, as a plug for the performing arts, you know, Zia is an ICU nurse. I'm in the marketing profession. I will say that there are so many skills that from this, from our experiences before have, um, been able to help us today. And I think there are a lot of industries like that, where Mm -hmm. these kind of skills of, creativity, public speaking, confidence in a crowd, all those things like they can really help. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we wanted to kind of talk about what we did before, because I think a lot of people forget that their past hobbies, you know, the things that they did, they can contribute to what you're doing now, even if it looks unrelated. There's a lot of, you know, when you're living this well-balanced life, so
0: many things that transfer over. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, to that point, we have to to remember our past in order to understand who we are today. Yeah. And I definitely, I don't know if I would be as much of an outgoing person as I am if I wasn't exposed to orchestra and musicals and speech and all of this impromptu, quick-witted thinking that you were forced to do that has transitioned, you know, into my career. Um, and so I, it's, it's going to be kind of a jump maybe to some people, but let me just say this. I can easily say that public speaking skills carried me throughout all of my years. So high school skills that we just talked about carried me into college where I proposed national legislation through the Student Nurses Association at the national conference. I spoke in front of over 400 people, Mm -hmm. not just of peers, I'm talking the president of the Emergency Nurses Association, Critical Care Association, the American Nurses Association, like very highbrow people in not one, but two conferences nationally. So I went to Dallas for a conference, I went to Nashville for a conference, and I got that passed unanimously. I spoke for 10 minutes and fielded questions, just, which is also an impromptu skill. I mean, that's public speaking, but mm-hmm. I brought that back to the nursing level and writing a legislation was exactly what I did. I took the same or similar format from Congress yeah. in high school. I took that format yeah. and I made it work for me. So it's like, you, you can't forget where you're from, um, because I, I mean, and it, that took me far and I got to put Absolutely. that on my resume, which then transitioned me right into nursing. So yeah. it's not as big of a leap as, as you think in nursing, you have meetings, you run meetings, there's extracurriculars in your, in your career. And I feel like because we have always done extracurriculars that really lent me into getting involved at work. And being able to speak my mind effectively at work and understanding what I want just a little bit better. So I think even beyond the actual public speaking skill, it, getting involved throughout my life and being, and being more looking for those interpersonal connections reminds me that if you don't have a voice in something, you don't like it's harder to take stock. It's hard to be a, take stock into a company if you're not involved and mm-hmm. if you can't speak effectively and if you can't convince people to get on your side, it's a lot harder to to feel like you're a part of something bigger if you're not involved. So I feel like the creativity that I am allowed at work, um, whether it's in volunteering opportunities mm-hmm. or um, really coming up with really huge initiatives in ICU, um has, that's, that's my kind of creativity now. And so that's, yeah. I'm trying to find those smaller ways to incorporate it even into the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: I think what you said there, one of the hardest parts, right, of adulthood is prioritization yeah. and oftentimes those creative pursuits that used to bring us joy or the creative pursuits that could bring us joy if we allowed ourselves to try them. I know so many people, including myself have bucket list items of, I want to learn how to do this, whether mm-hmm. it's painting, knitting, uh, baking bread, yeah. if you will, <laughs> right. <laughs> all of the folks who have done that over quarantine. Amazing. Yes. Um, yes. but all those things, you know they they can get put on the back burner because there is a perception that they aren't productive enough mm. um that you know that they aren't related to our day job or contributing to financial income so
0: it it can be seen as a non-essential ooh and i i feel like essential versus non-essential real quick i just want to say kind of i feel like that was kind of divisive like i was put into the category of an essential worker right mm. during quarantine and i feel like yeah, I was an essential worker, but I was still using these soft skills. I talked yeah. to incredibly vulnerable people, scared people, sick people every day. And I have to, inst. it is a part of my job to instantly form a connection, a trust bond. Yeah, And, you know, I just, I couldn't agree more with what you said. I feel like if for me, if it's not directly for a purpose, it's so hard for me to finish something. I, I have a really big issue. Something that I am just so, so hard trying to work on is I can't simply do something for the sake of it. I'll admit that. Um, and although maybe now I wish I was hardwired a little bit differently into my adulthood, I acknowledge I wouldn't change past me because it got me where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there
1: were a lot of activities in our past where you know, in the moment, whether or not they had a purpose, they've served us, you know, continuously. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone listening here has something in their past that they may have loved that they've let go of that has led them to success now, or is something that if they picked back up could lead them to success or joy. Um, you know, something that comes to mind for me is one of my best friends, Melissa, who I'm sure she will be on the podcast yes, at some point, yes, so you she can will. hear from her. But you know, she was an incredibly successful competitive baton twirler. Yes. like she, oh. you know, she won like like national, like like international competitions. Gosh, she's
0: so good. Yeah, I like, like and, you know,
1: incredible. And it was something that she kind of let go of, and then when she got in college, started thinking about it a little bit more. But then after college, she ended up being able to find like a community of people that um, she was able to start performing with again. She not only kept with kept up with the baton twirling, but learned how to do it on fire. Which, uh,
0: no, thank you for me, but I would always watch <laughs> Melissa. Oh, well. she it's
1: it's a, it's absolutely it's a breathtaking experience to watch her do that. Um, but you know, with it, she could have easily thought like you know, this doesn't relate to my marketing job, so it's not something I need to prioritize. But, you know, for her, it was like, okay, this is giving me um, an outlet for stress. It's giving me um, a way to separate work Mm -hmm. right now um, and do something that is just for me that I find joy in. Um, And so, you know, when I, when I say like that, these things can be seen as non-essential. There's actually research to prove that having these creative outlets is, is is absolutely essential to happiness and to productivity and joy in our lives. Um, you know, there is research that has proven how important it is to make time for creativity and play. Mm. Um, That ability to tap into a seemingly infinite amount of creativity and innovation during play, I think is one of the most magical parts about childhood. Like when I interact now with children, like as an adult, like just seeing the things that they say and come up with, I I wish that they were in my marketing, like brainstorming, like meetings sometimes because I'm sure that they would like come up with the most wild ideas that like we would never get to. And they'd probably be pretty successful just because of them not limiting themselves to what, you know, to just what comes top of mind for them. There's no inhibition of this is silly or, or I'm going to look stupid. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's, there's a lot to be said about, about tapping back into that because we do lose that as adults. Um, Yeah.
0: Sadly. And
1: yeah. And I think play is something that we need to reclaim as adults. Yes. Yes. Um if you know me well, <laughs> you know, you know I'm obsessed with Brené Brown. Rightfully I love so. all of her books. Um a quick plug, start with The Gifts of Imperfection by Brené Brown and I promise you you'll be hooked for the rest of the rest of hers, they're all on my bookshelf right now, but I've learned so much from her about a lot of different areas of life, but in her in her book The Gifts of Imperfection she. That's where she introduces this topic of wholehearted living, mm-hmm. um, and all of the things that you need to balance to to have a, a joyous life, really. And one of her guideposts to that is the how essential play is. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talks about rest too that could be a whole nother podcast episode about sleep and rest. (laughs) So we
0: will, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll put a pause on that part,
1: but focusing on play, um, she references researcher, Stuart Brown's findings on play and he defines play. So this goes back to your point Mm -hmm. of, you know, needing it to have, um, you know, needing it to be a part of something on your to-do list or getting you somewhere in your career. He defines play as time spent without purpose So in other words, it doesn't need to have an end goal of making money or these days getting social media clout. (laughs) Because I think we talked about that last episode, but that's sometimes a driving factor for a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. But um, you do these things in your life because it just brings you joy. Um, And if you really need to have a reason for engaging in play, because... If I haven't convinced you, you know, or, or these researchers haven't, know that there are many more findings that show that play helps with creativity and innovation, which I know a lot of folks need in their jobs every day is to be able to go back with a fresh mind and figure out what am I pitching today, what new idea am I bringing to the table. If you're not stretching your imagination, if you're not stretching your creativity in other ways outside of work, mm-hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice. So when you do come back to
0: your actual career well, I mean to that point're you 're not nearly as refreshed mm-hmm. you know you get the Sunday scaries way yeah. too often if you 're not taking the weekend seriously, um, and you know that that really hits home for me what you said about it that play is without purpose because even with all the extracurricular activities, something that i was I was doing kind of a deep dive when I was journaling the other night about was. That I did everything for a resume. Mm. I although I, I really liked what I did and I always enjoyed what I did, violin um is like a very respected skill for yeah. college applications. Um, you know, I started it in middle school. God, I've played for 10 years. I but have but I haven't picked it up seriously in the past two. Um, something that I definitely want to revisit. Um, but everything that I did had a purpose in Mm. mind. Then when I became a nurse, that being a nurse was my end all be all goal. I've been stuck with what now what's next? Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm doing great. And, and, you know, I feel great about that, but where's the play? I did all of this for, for what? Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm here. <laughs> now what? So I totally I, yeah. agree with that. It's something that I've, I've been significantly lacking. I think, you know, tying
1: back to a point you just said, I, for anyone who is currently in college or thinking about putting a resume together, mm-hmm. um, something that's interesting is I think, that was a big grind that a lot of us were on in the business school was putting things on our resume, you know, applying for these different student organizations, applying for these mm-hmm. different officer board roles because we thought that they would look good on our resumes. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, when you have a resume where there's a whole bunch of random things on there, but you're just president of them, Mm -hmm. but there's no story to tell. There's no, I can't look at this and understand who are you? What do you really care about? Oh yeah. I think people lose sight of the importance of, of those type of things that, you know, yes, employers want to see that you are doing, um, you you have involvements, that you are, you have accomplishments, those sorts of things, but they also want to know that they can like, have you in a team culture that's fun that's a you yeah. know a good time with everyone and I think you know having that yeah. that type of resume structure where you're only doing things for the sake of the accolades um it's hard like it, it, you know it's it's hard for em- employers to get to know who you are it's also hard for yourself because like you said if you always are doing something for an accolade what happens when you're out of school Mm -hmm. and there isn't like a grade to chase, there isn't an award to chase. I think a lot of people um, get stuck in ruts because they don't know what that, um, that next thing is that that they will feel successful about because it's more external than internal. And I think that's where this creativity and play comes in is it focuses more on your internal locus of control. It's you setting aside time for yourself to do something that you want to do because it just adds joy to your life, regardless of the recognition that you're going to get from anyone else.
0: Well, I think that if that's American culture right there. That you hit <laughs> the, the nail on the head because everyone says that there's no money in arts. And yet here we are in quarantine doing nothing but enjoying the arts. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I, I think what, you know, we need to talk about is, being intentional about yeah. making, you have to make time for it. Like you're saying, like these moments won't happen unless we actively set aside time to be present and get lost in our passion. So even though, you know, you know, you think creativity has to, you have to be a whole day of mm. wearing nothing but a white flowing dress and being <laughs> and being one in nature. Maybe it is just about setting aside an hour or two. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, no, I, I completely agree. I think that
1: You don't want this to look like something that, oh, I have to put creativity on my to-do list because that just, it's going to defeat, again, the the purpose of of everything and and creativity bringing that extra meaning to your life. But I think that there's a misconception that to give yourself that mental break, you have to sit and do a two-hour painting or something like that you could do a five minute doodle drawing Mm -hmm. and put it on your Instagram stories or do a little, um, you know, just a a little rest five minute recipe or something, put that together on, on Pinterest. There's so many things that you can do that don't take an overabundance of time, but can give you that little mental reprieve from everything going on throughout the day. So, you know, I think we've talked a lot about the importance of, of all of these. So, Zia, what, you know, I, you just talked about what's next, you know, especially with, with quarantine and
0: everything, what have you been doing now to lean into those creative pursuits? That's a good question. Well, I mean, even I'll, I'll say this, this morning I even made, um, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, but I put my phone away when mm. I was making them the whole time. Yeah. Uh, just about, and so even it, then that was a very short activity, but yeah. it was very, very mindful. Um, so I think I'll, I'll start off with one of my heavier hitters, um, and that's painting. Yeah. Um, painting is one of the very few things I do just for the sake of doing it. Um, and I think there's a lot of fun things that you can do with painting. Um, so having paint nights with friends, having people over and it, you know, if you drink wine, getting some wine and um, just like having a couple of girlfriends or whomever together and making food, do like mm-hmm. a pasta paint night canvas is real cheap at Michael's y'all when it's on sale, true Com- coming up on, on black Friday, they always have good deals that I'm going to tell you. I still have canvas from last year.
1: Yeah. Michael's often has uh, really good deals on arts and craft supplies. There's also a lot of virtual paint night yeah. opportunities. So when, and, and you don't have to pay for them either no. because something that I've really enjoyed because painting is one of my decompressing hobbies as well. I like just find a YouTube tutorial Mm -hmm. and just going for it. Yeah. YouTube is free. We did it together once where we just put each other on FaceTime and uh, (laughs) just, you know, and, and went for it. I think it's, you know, it's, it's really fun to do those sorts of things. I think, again, not putting pressure on yourself to do something that's perfect, right? You don't need to be Picasso when you're, when you're doing this, it's just, you know, having, having fun with it and letting yourself, see something that you created um that you made with your own hands I think is such a fulfilling thing in oh, life yeah
0: and I and all of the ones that I have I saw on YouTube and just did of my own volition for fun I hung up in my mm-hmm. in my guest room and my guest room is my creative space so so I have oil paints and I have acrylic paints. A Bob Ross paint night, ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> um, you you think it goes slow? I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna need to pause that. You're gonna need to pause it and then move on because it goes by quicker than you think. But it's a it's a lot of fun. That's the happy uh, little trees, happy, right? Happy little trees. There's no <laughs> such thing as a mistake, you guys. Um, you just go with the flow. But I think we could all learn a lot from Bob Ross. Oh, actually. So much, <laughs> Bob Ross. I think between Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers, I think just Ooh. two of the most calming, wholesome, pleasant, wholesome individuals. <laughs> um, yeah. Learn, learn a lot from, from those gentlemen. Um, and then uh, the, the second activity for me is my makeup. Yeah. I, I didn't start recognizing my makeup routine as my own Therapy, like mm. my, my own personal time yeah, and my own intentional time to take care of myself until really a couple months ago. Um, I've had my makeup routine. I've, I, I'm an early riser, as a lot of you know, um, really early. And everyone's like, why do you wake up so early? Well, you know, when I started putting a face on in middle school, you know, just with concealer and, and stuff like that, um, I set aside that time yeah and i built that routine and it's very hard to break so it's very weird you know for me if there's a day where i don't do my makeup not because i feel like covering up i want to make that explicitly clear but because it is my art form yeah my makeup is an art i think it is amazing that we can alter ourselves in that way and be like a walking canvas so I feel like if I can't actually paint, then I paint my face in the morning. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's about 45 minutes to an hour, although it doesn't have to take me that long, I intentionally set aside that time in the morning. I um, love that, because yeah. I also feel like everyone has those things in the
1: morning that start their day. You that's know. like, this is a signal of like, I am ready. I'm ready yes. to get out there, get things done, and that looks different for everyone, but for you, it's makeup. I would agree that for me, that can be the same thing too. Like doing my hair, doing my makeup. It's a part of a routine. And I will say even like this week, I didn't go to class. Like three days, I did it online instead of going in person. And so, you know, just, uh, I'm on zoom. (laughs) So bun up, you know, like no makeup and everything. But like after a few days, it started to get to me. I was like, you know, I just don't feel my best. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm lagging a little bit. And I think that was a lot of it was not doing my morning routine, like getting that little bit of how do I want to do my makeup today? What's, what's the color palette going to be, you know, that it's almost like that little spark of creativity that happens like the first thing in the morning.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love that spark of creativity. It gets me going. I think about colors, color palettes, Mm -hmm. color schemes. Kind of puts your head in a a much different space, uh, especially before you start taking care of people for 12 hours. (laughs) Um, And so that's why I, the first thing I want, I would say that I recognized uh, doing for the sake of doing it was starting my makeup Instagram. Yeah, just a little over a year ago now I started it. Um, It's at under the Zia Sun um, and. I felt like it kind of was a way to hold myself accountable for my art, which is why I started it so that I could mm-hmm. go through, see previous looks. And I had a lot of people just over the years ask me, what are your favorite products? Cause yeah. you go, you go through them all. Like <laughs> let's give your top 10. <laughs> we need the reviews. We need the reviews <laughs> the to save, to save money <laughs> truly. So makeup is a huge one for me. I could go on and on about that, but uh, you know, as much as I love being indoors and snuggling up, watching a movie. I do like going outside every once in a while. Um, I uh, used to bow and arrow shoot, not animals, just targets. (laughs) Um, And that was a lot of fun. Um, So I can shoot traditional bow, like 30 pounds of a draw weight. Um, and there's tons of, we're so lucky in Arizona. There's tons of outside ranges. There's one in Papago park. Um, that's relatively near me. You can go to Ben Avery center Mm -hmm. and shoot for a very small price, if not free outside. So tons of free places, although bow and arrow shooting is expensive. Um, like going and doing it is free if you go outside. Um, And then something lately that I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit, uh, TikTok. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, TikTok is a very interesting, wild place. I feel like because we've been in quarantine, you know, and being inside, you know, I, I am tired of making excuses for liking something. I just want to like something for the sake of liking it. No shame. I, and I don't want to have shame about it. I like TikTok. I think there's a lot of very clever, very very funny people um, who make a lot of really good content. TikTok is full of creativity. It is the things full of that creativity. people think of on there is it's, it's amazing. And I and I've made TikToks myself. I had like well one TikTok that just blew up, almost at a million views, was not even a TikTok, but a snippet of a video. That tying back to my makeup, I made coming like slightly coming out of the water in a full face of makeup, and it's completely intact. Yeah. (laughs) So and that was a couple seconds, and I just posted it for fun. You have almost a Um, million views um, on that. Almost, almost a million views on that. And then my second most is featuring your cat. Aubrey (laughs) she's still waiting for the royalties on that it has like I think 160,000 ish views (laughs) now and it's all because of your cat um everyone likes cat content but you know I think it's funny because the content that I create on TikTok that I don't plan out is always my most successful it is always the best like things that I just use my own audio for and I just come up with and I think man that's dumb but wow that's funny like so you're saying
1: there's (laughs) powerful results from doing
0: things just for the sake of doing them. You know, it's interesting how I'm realizing that as I'm, <laughs> as I'm speaking, but that's what I need to lean yeah. into my chaotic good energy, oh my right? Yeah. That's what I need to just like understand that my spontaneity can be worthwhile. And, yeah. I, and I, and I, and I, I'm having fun with all of those, with all of those things. <laughs> well, and you know, something
1: that I think strikes me when I hear your like list of, uh, of things that you are actively Pursuing and creativity right Mm -hmm. now, all of these things are passions that at one point you kept talking about starting. But it was taking a while to get there. And I think that's a that's a hard thing for a lot of us, right? Is to just start it. I think we talked about your makeup, Instagram for a long time, but there were certain roadblocks that were like, well, what am I gonna, what's the handle gonna be? How often should I be posting? I don't know if I know how to do social media hashtagging, things like that, right? Exactly. There's a lot of like any pursuit's gonna have obstacles of things that you don't know how to do, but if you're really passionate about it and you really want to do it, you just have to take that first step. It's never go- the first time you try something, and we've talked about this with mm-hmm. perfection. It's never going to be perfect, but that's okay because you're still better off than than you know when <laughs> than not yeah. doing it ever I and mean, just being
0: all talk. Are they obstacles or are they excuses? Mm, it's true. I'm just, I'm just being honest. There, I feel like for me, I'm, I'm, as good as I am for making excuses for our other people. I am also good at making excuses for myself, which. Um, I just, I just don't want to do anymore. And I don't think that I have been doing, yeah. um, nearly as much over the past couple months. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, leaning, leaning into that, into the creativity and spontaneity, it was something that I'm really, I'm really actively working on in my life. And I'm not afraid to admit that. And I, yeah, and
1: I love that. And the reason I bring that up is because I hear it in your list, but it's also in mine. Too. Yes.
0: I want to hear more about yeah. your, all of your creative pursuits. <laughs> Cause I just, I just love hearing when you like oh. are passionate about something because you speak with such Ferber, that it makes me want to do it too yeah I well and I
1: think that's for me I had to do this whole this could be a whole other topic like leadership and things like yeah, that. yeah well we'll, but we'll talk on it I had a I had a assignment for a class where I had to have around 20 or so people just give me feedback on my leadership style um, a lot of different like just elements for for this class mm-hmm. and one of the things that came up Uh, very often was that like when I am passionate about something that is when I'm at my best. That's when I'm at my most inspirational to others. And I, and it really struck me and it made me think about, you know, what, what I am doing and what I'm not doing. And Mm -hmm. those creative pursuits were very low on my list. And I think for me, a little bit of the hard part with some of the things that I'm most passionate about, they aren't always as easy to, just like call up a friend, or just do it by yourself, and like go do it. I mean, like with with painting, with um, you know, some of these some of these other things, you can, you know, you can call up someone and do it with yeah. them or do it by yourself. Well, one of my biggest passions is acting, and yeah. you don't really just kind of like a
0: solitary activity. It's not really a solitary
1: activity, and you don't just like call up friends and be like, hey, do you guys just want to like act, act today? <laughs> like, I, you know, it, it's a weird thing. Down so to act, yeah, down to act. <laughs> So it was like so it was really hard for me um to figure out, you know, how do I lean back yeah. into that that passion that I've had for so long and um my senior year of college I I took a an acting class because I finally had time in my schedule. So I took ASU's Theater 101 class. Yes. I had the most inspiring like teacher. She was so awesome, got me back into loving improv games, mm-hmm. loving acting exercises, those kinds of things. And at the end of the semester, she was like, Courtney, you need to go out and try and at least, and at least audition for something yeah. like she was like, it would be a shame if you did it. And I was, and it really was like eye opening to me and I still didn't do anything about it for a while wow. after that, because I thought, okay, well, where do I even start? Like, do I just look for auditions online? Do I get an agent? Where do I go for that here? Yeah. And quite frankly... When I really got down to it, like you said, you know, the, the excuses part, sometimes there are deeper things that we don't even realize about it. Because for me, it was the fear of rejection. Mm. It was, you know, do I have the right look to go audition for these talent agencies? And yeah. should I wait until I lose 10 more pounds? Should I wait until my hair looks like this? Or I look like that? Like, you know what? It was all yeah. these things that I was making, you know, these, these reasons to why I would do it later and yeah. later. And finally... I just had to say, if this is something you truly care about, which is what you tell people, yeah. then you need to go and do it. And it was in it and I did. I went out, I auditioned yep. for a talent agency. It didn't work out. I got a no on the first try, which for <laughs> any people who have like wanted to make a career in anything performing arts related, they're like, Oh yeah, your first thing was right. a no, obviously.
0: Surprise. So big surprise.
1: <laughs> but it was a great opportunity because they didn't reject me because they didn't like me. They just didn't have the right opportunities, um, at the time. But two weeks later, a movie that was casting in, uh, for, uh, filming in globe, Arizona of all places, right. Needed, um, and needed an actress around my age, um, and a high school bully, which God bless. <laughs> like I was still, I still looked young enough for that. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have anyone on their roster. I sent in my audition tapes. Two days later, I booked the role. It happened so It happened fast. so fast. And, you know, I went there. They added me into an extra scene because mm-hmm. they were excited about my performance. And for me, it was just like this eye-opening moment of like, I just need to start things. Yes. But I just need to like to just make sure that I am saying if I'm passionate about something put a plan together and just go for it. Um, a quote that like really inspires me by uh, Theodore Roosevelt actually um, is, is his quote around daring greatly. And he says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst if he fails at least fails while daring greatly wow and it's very like that might sound like okay that's like a lot for like you know picking up an an active you know an activity like you know drawing or painting but that this is things that allow us to dare greatly Mm -hmm. we're saying you know what i want to learn something I want to produce something and put it out into the world. And I'm not going to be as scared of what the people are saying because there are going to be so many people who might criticize you who have never done a goddamn thing. Oh, yeah. Who have never like put their minds to doing something. Oh, yeah. So
0: at least we're doing it. Yeah. We're doing this podcast just because we want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been. this is a great example. We were like... We're going to do it. We're going to do it. You know what? Let's just sit down and record. Absolutely. And let's just do it. And <laughs> we are. Well, yeah. And the same thing happened with this
1: podcast, with a, with a few of the other passions that I've had. Yeah. And this has been a year for me of leaning into that daring greatly and just producing, just right. actually executing upon the ideas and passions that I have. And, you know, I, I hope that for those of you listening, this inspires you to pick up that thing that's been on your you know, your bucket list forever that you've been making. This is why I can't do this. This is why I can't do that. Have the belief that you can do all those things Mm -hmm. that what, what greatness could, could occur for you if those obstacles were removed. Yep. I think that that's a great mindset to have. So, you know, I could go into a lot of different passions, but I think for me it was important to just discuss you know the, the ways in which I got to doing them because yes. it was a struggle. But when I've allowed myself now to really take the time for these different passions, I can feel myself more energized every day. Mm-hmm. I can feel myself looking forward to bringing that side of me, the best self that I have to present, to work, to my relationship, to my friendships because I'm living this well-balanced life. Yeah. Um, these pursuits have really allowed me to make time for myself,
0: Decompress and just create things that I'm really proud of. I think that's just phenomenal. I think that, you know, whether it's decompressing alone or, you know, having the, the small get togethers that we do, just taking time for yourself in general is so important um, for your mental health and, and well being holistically. Um and I'm just excited about hearing about your movie and all of your adventures <laughs> as always. Um you know, I think it's good to find a sense of incom- accomplishment even in the things that you maybe wouldn't consider an accomplishment. Yeah. Um so, uh, for example, what I'm looking forward to this week <laughs> is uh working through my spooky movie list. Love it. Uh I have just been watching so many docoms. I've been working through Netflix on. and all What's of What's a docom for? Oh. People who might not know, if you don't know, then please don't do not listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> She's kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, a DCOM is a Disney Channel original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, you know. If you don't, now you do. Um, so it's 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 all classics like Halloween Town, Halloween Town, Phantom of the Megaplex, um, and Mom Mom's Got just, a Date with a Vampire. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. You guys. <laughs> oh, what a, it was. You know, Mr. Sheffield, the guy who plays. I'm from the nanny. He's yeah. like he plays the vampire. Oh, so good. Um but I it's just something that I wanted to do to take my my mind off of things and just yeah. watching that and getting some some snuggle time with my dogs. It's just been so good for for my my mental health and just getting out of my head. Um and I just feel like it's been lifting my mood and nothing lifts me up more than just totally immersing myself in whatever holiday <laughs> season I'm in.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And speaking of are the the seasons that we're in. So yes. I'm excited about our Jerome trip Woohoo! next weekend. So we're going to be posting a special episode next week um on the road in Jerome. So we'll give you a download on our trip from the best places to eat there um, to the spooky ghost tour we're gonna go on. So teaser. I know, I'm a little like nervous. I know Zia's just like, let's do it, I'm excited.
0: So <laughs> it'll be really fun. Uh, so we're so stoked. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, now that we chatted about why it's important to make time for play, we wanna know the creative pursuits that help you thrive. Hit us up on Instagram at On The Agenda Pod to let us know. Uh, there you'll also see the result of our upcoming activities, like Jerome and how we prep for them.
1: Yeah, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. So, as a reminder, we're now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for your listening convenience. So be sure to like, subscribe to get notified of our next episode, and feel free to drop us a message to let us know what's on, on your, your agenda. agenda.